Hello, everyone. Welcome to PWG's Well Chat podcast, the inaugural session. Yay! A little bit about us. My name is Dr. Nikki. You are also here with Dr. Eileen. We are two pediatricians who were located in Redwood City, California. For those of you who don't know where that is, it's kind of on the southern end-ish of Silicon Valley. Although, quite frankly, Eileen, wouldn't you say Silicon Valley is between San Francisco and Santa Clara now? Most of California, it seems like. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) So we're in the middle of that. Um, We've been in private practice how long, Eileen? Oh, a long time. <laughs> Over 20 <laughs> years. Between us, I think we have close to 50 years of experience. Yes. We joke that we are work wives. We have been together longer than some people have been alive. Than... Or some people have been married. Yes. Yes. So that's a little bit about us. But how did we meet, you might ask? Well, that's a funny story. We were both <laughs> in residency together. We were, I think it was the PICU, the Pediatric Intensive Care Unit Rotation, right, Eileen? Those were the old days when we had a lot of ICU. And Eileen was expecting her first child, and it was two in the morning, and I was terrified that she was going to have that (laughs) first child before that first child should have been born. So I remember thinking, you just need to sit here. I'll do whatever you need. Just sit here. Remember that? Yep. And my puffy ankles probably <laughs> made you more worried. And I was staring at your cup of coffee with longing because at that point I wasn't drinking coffee. But boy, did I want your cup of coffee. I remember that. And what I learned from that, though, is that you had my back. Yep. And Always. we have been doing this for so long with each other's backs. And I think it's been an incredible journey friendship we sometimes agree we sometimes disagree it's always interesting to talk about our patients and the stories that we tell and it's been a wonderful ride so far ditto (laughs) I, I tell people it's I'm one of the luckiest people I get to work with a BFF and having been both residents and then business partners together for this long it it's very special and humbling and really quite a blessing to be able to say that I love my work wife (laughs) (laughs) and we even travel together sometimes so that tells you something right yep so enough about the love fest uh (laughs) how did we come up with our practice our practice is called pediatric wellness group hence the pwg and you remember i think it was we were in on one of those trips to new york city to visit new york city and we were with your sister trisha right eileen yep we were with my sister trisha she suggested we go have brunch at balthazar's delicious place by the way it was delicious and she helped us in creating a vision for our ideal space and practice. What were some of the things? Do you remember? I do. Nine years ago or so? Actually, I remember vividly there was like a black and white tiled floor. It was a beautiful old bar. And at one point, somebody said, "What? close your eyes. What is your perfect day? What is it going to look like? And both of us were in this space of we, we knew that going to the doctor's office is quite frankly, scary for a lot of people. And we wanted to make that experience as pleasant as it could be. So we started doing a lot of 
brainstorming about what it would look like uh, and and how it would feel. Remember that? And we wanted a fish tank. Yes. We didn't want a a virtual fish tank. We decided we needed a tropical fish tank. So for some reason, for the both of us, having a tropical fish tank was a symbol of our success. I think it it was a symbol of our success, but I think we were coming from a place of coming to the doctor's office. We want to give people a chance to take a break, take a few minutes collect their thoughts and a fish tank we thought would be a great way for people to be less anxious or less scared because who can be scared around fish they're super awesome we also wanted to have coffee or a little tea or some snacks for the adults Uh, and also for the kids we started handing out apples we had organic lollipops because they have to be organic Uh, and we wanted the colors the art the whole area to be as warm, almost like a spa kind of a thing. Cause one of the things you might not know about us is we love us a good spa. So wouldn't you say that that's where we were headed? Definitely. And we were intentional about creating a space that was cozy and didn't make you feel like you were going to a clinic. Right. I, Dr. Eileen has an amazing eye for art. So the artwork that we have has all been curated with a very keen eye towards what's going to make this space more welcoming. I can tell you that in our, I remember it was 11 o'clock at night. We had to pick colors. Oh, and that's your, that's your fort. And I leave and said, well, I don't know what color to pick. Let's find a color specialist. I looked at her and said, no, my people do color. We're from India. Uh, we got this. So we, I, I will take credit for helping to craft the color palette. But really, it was a yin and yang kind of a thing. And Eileen, you had a funny story. You knew that we were successful about creating a great space when something happened. Oh, yes. We had a review at one point uh, where a father was chiming in on his um, love of PWG. And apparently, while he was um, doing this, his child was having a tantrum because she really wanted to go to the doctor's office to see us. Oh, so when awesome. you have a child having a tantrum because they want to go play at the doctor's office instead of having a tantrum because they don't want to be there, you know you've created something that is special. Yep. Yeah. So you might say, well, two women who have all this years of experience, who have a really great vision must have been super easy for you to open up the practice. Uh, no. What was really interesting to us, at the time, we didn't really have a formal degree or formal business training per se, but we... Although both- Dr. Nikki now has an MBA because, <laughs> you know, everyone needs at least three graduate degrees. Well, I'm just an underachieving Indian kid. What can I tell you? So, you know, we, we didn't have a formal title or degrees, but we... We joked that we had gotten our MBA from the School of Hard Knocks at that point because we had been managing, co-managing a practice for quite some time before we decided to open this one up. Uh, But what was interesting is we got a lot of pushback. Uh, It was hard to find banks that would take us seriously or lend us money. I think everyone assumed that we were going to fall flat on our face and not be successful. Right, Eileen? That was really surprising. It was surprising. I think at the time everyone was looking at... at, uh other business models in the tech industry and f- frankly the medical and in- medical clinic 
business wasn't uh, somewhere that most lenders were uh, were feeling that 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 they wanted to to loan this was people money. This was back in two thousand nine, two thousand ten. So for those of you who remember, that was also when the sky fell down with the global economic crisis. And and a lot of people looked at us and just, just said, you're crazy for doing this. But we are nothing if not stubborn. We persevered. We finally found a bank. Yay, First Republic. And we finally met Greg Leando. Yay. Shout out for him. Greg. <laughs> and they believed in us. Uh, they worked with us. We They helped facilitate a small business loan. And Dr. Eileen and I pretty much signed away our homes our lives and took a giant leap of faith and we really weren't sure how this was going to play out in the long term right I think we had done a lot of homework but we really it was up in the air well at this point most doctors are becoming employed they don't want the responsibility and the risk of owning a practice and all that that entails so a lot of people were saying I can't believe you're doing this. Everybody was saying that. Um, we we opened, we ended one practice on a Friday and opened this one up on a Monday. And I remember we were thinking, well, maybe 50% of the people will follow us. We'll be super happy, super lucky at 50%. Uh, we were overwhelmed and very grateful when on Monday the phones were ringing, ringing off the hook. We wound up retaining, I think, close to 90 to 95% of our patient panels. Uh, we we were running from the word go and we really haven't looked back. And that to us is something that we celebrate and are grateful for every single day. Wouldn't you say? So, I mean? so gratifying. Yeah. I mean, why did we do this? Why do you start? Why would we start a private practice? What distinguishes us from some of the other pediatric practices in the area when you practice privately it allows you to practice in a way that is the best that we feel is the best for ourselves and our families and the kids that we take care of so tell me a little bit more about what that means to you Eileen what do you what do you think what do you think about that well I think one of the most important things about what we do is that we build relationships with people. Mm-hmm. Yep. I think when somebody trusts you and can open up to you and be really honest and, and vulnerable, you can make big impacts on what you do. They listen to you. You're a source of information. Um, and because you know a family or a child really well, you can tailor your recommendations so that they're very individualized. I think that's really important. I, I tell people, you know, we've worked in workflows and scheduling models and such not, such such types of things because we want to see your children grow up. We we want to get to know them. You know, we want to know what their favorite vacation was, what they want to be when they grow up because that allows us to recognize when something's not going well, we can we can walk in a room and within a matter of seconds look at you and say, nope, this is not your child. And I think that's a huge diagnostic benefit. Uh, I also think it's important for us to recognize that not every child is the same, not every family is the same, not every circumstance is the same. So the ability to craft an individual solution is really important. What do I mean by that? Um, I, I think a great example or a story, some of you 
may have heard us talk about the HPV vaccine when you've been in the office. HPV stands for human papilloma virus vaccine. Uh, Amazing vaccine. It is a cancer prevention vaccine. Definitely. The fact that I can say cancer prevention vaccine to me is just mind-blowing. The CDC and various professional societies have put out guidelines and best practices that want pediatricians to vaccinate kids at a certain age because they feel that the uptake has been slow. Pediatricians haven't done enough to get kids vaccinated. So there's this real push. And because the government is pushing for this, most large organizations, and, and I understand, are pushing for this because you may not know this, but we get graded on whether your child gets the vaccine by a certain age. And it's not to be judgy. It's not a conspiracy. It's not an incentive. It's just that's the way it is. People have to prove that they're providing quality care. If this is the standard of quality care, then you should be doing it. And all of that makes logical sense. However, uh, at the age range that they want us to do this, sometimes for that particular visit, for example, at the 11-year-old visit, you might already be having three separate vaccines. And and maybe for whatever reason, it's not you're an anti-vaxxer. You just don't want to do four shots that day. Or even three. Or even three. Right. And because we are in a practice where we can actually take the time to talk to you, we have a lot more latitude to craft an individual solution rather than having to follow an algorithm. And this is not a judgment call on my colleagues that are in larger institutions. I get it. It's hard. But I also feel that that ability to look someone and say, you know, medically, I get it. This is not what I'm, this is not what everyone's telling me I'm supposed to do. But as long as we can work out a compromise, I'm, it's more important to me to maintain that relationship and stay in the game and stay in that conversation. What do you think, Eileen? I think so. And you're still, you're still keeping that child safe. You're still going to give that vaccine. It just means that you might do it at the 12 and 13 year old checkup instead of the 11 and 11 and a half year old checkup. So you have some bandwidth to do that. And parents often will ask me, well, why do we have to do it so early? My kid isn't at risk right now for a sexually transmitted infection. And, and we talk about how vaccine policy um, comes about, how they're trying to uh, promote protection for all different sorts of children in our country. So you're trying to get the best, um, the best example. And, and our, our patient population may be a little bit different from the national average. It give this gives us the ability, private practice gives us the ability to really treat you as an individual. It also allows us to, um, utilize the resources in, in different healthcare institutions. So, because we practice in an area, we're fortunate enough to practice in an area where there are two large academic institutions really close by. And because we're in private practice, I can choose the pediatric urologist at one institution. I can choose the pediatric cardiologist in a private practice. I am not, um, I'm not in a place where I have to choose the specialty or the group within my organization because Mm -hmm. my organization is just my practice. I yeah. love that freedom to still be able to choose within the limits of my patient's insurance yes, coverage. Yes, I love. I think that's super important. We can we can synthesize a lot of different 
factors. What's your insurance status? What's the problem? Uh, what are some options? And we can do this and, and really come up with a solution that it may be outside the box, but it's what's right for you and your family and it's still safe and you're still going to get it done, but we can do it in a way that makes sense. And I, I think that really resonates with our own personal philosophies uh, and our outlook and our upbringing. I, I was raised in a tr very traditional East Indian family. My parents immigrated from India. There's lots of different healing that goes on that has nothing to do with what I learned in medical school. And I, I have always been raised with this idea that there's a lot of wisdom out there. It's not just one way to do things. And what you want to do is try to pick the parts of the different wisdoms that speak to you that make sense and integrate that and do what's right for you. What do you think, Eileen? I remember drinking really nasty tasting <laughs> herbal tea yes. and being bribed with raisins Ugh. of all things, not even candy, Ugh. but raisins to drink the tea. My parents are um, both from China and I thought it was really interesting being a child of immigrants because there are some benefits to seeing the way people do things in another country, the values that you bring uh, and mashing them together mm -hmm. with our experiences in the United States. I think it gives you an open, more open mind. Uh, and we also like to talk to our patients about Western medicine and traditional medicine and um, when those things are um, important to discuss what's safe, what's not. Frankly, we don't have a lot of information about nope. many of the traditional medicine um we don't but things, but it's still, I think, important to try to look at what's safe and look at studies that are available and try to keep an open mind. I, well said. So one really interesting example that sticks out for me when I first started practicing and I was taking care of families from India, you know, there's a lot of regional differences. Those of you who are from India, you totally get this. But even within one state, one county, one city, there can be huge variations amongst different families about what are traditional foods that are given, uh, whether it's okay for the baby to come to see the doctor. And, and for a lot of families, the moms are given a diet that's really high in nuts. And at the time, what we were learning was you need to be careful if you're breastfeeding and not eat a lot of nuts, especially if there's a family history of food allergies, because there was a concern that this would trigger issues for the baby. But these families were these moms were eating a lot of nuts and they would come in and we'd talk about it and I'd say, you know, this has been going on for a long time <laughs> in India. I'm not going to argue with something that's been happening for 2000 years. And if it's okay with your child and it's clearly fine in your family, then we're just going to go with it and just recognize this cognitive dissonance of the Western tradition is saying this, the Eastern tradition is saying that, but at the end of the day, it's clearly working for you, right? And ironically, now we think that actually right. the early introduction of food is probably beneficial in right. terms of decreasing your risk of allergy. So we also see these um, ebbs and flows of ideas, and they don't always turn out to be correct. I think uh, pediatrician is one of the good resources to discuss what's out there, what are current recommendations, 
and and uh, what might be the fallout of those things. Or as my parents like to say, the old country was right. <laughs> <laughs> sometimes, sometimes. So why why did we decide to do this? This whole podcasting thing? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, yeah. we like to talk, in case you haven't noticed. And at the end of the day, we share an office and we would sit and we'd go over what happened and what did you see. And, you know, after you've been doing this for a while, you start to figure, is there a common thread or commonalities or what's... what's or is there, common? or are there conversations that we're having over and over yeah. again? And sure, I could write something and email it or hand somebody a piece of paper to talk about toilet training or is your kid ready for school or so many other things. Um, and, and what we decided was these are things that might be interesting for people to hear. What would it be like to sit and hear your pediatricians talking about the things that they're concerned about or solutions or suggestions that they're trading amongst themselves? Right. How can we help as many people as possible without killing ourselves in the process? Um, that was important to us. So we started noticing some trends and we started brainstorming about what do you, what do you think is at the root of this stuff? And if we had to really talk about how to help our patients, what do you think would be at the root? And well, we... that's a, that's a funny story because we came up with a trifecta and as most of you know, or all of you know, a trifecta would include three things. And the trifecta story came from Boston cream pie, which is, Dr. Stick Nikki's, with us. Stick doc, with us. <laughs> Dr. Nikki's sister, Sumi, it's her favorite dessert. And she said Boston cream pie is the trifecta of desserts. Why, you might ask? Uh, it has perfect cake, perfect pudding, and perfect chocolate. If you're from Boston, you don't even need this explanation. Thank you, Boston. But if you're not from Boston and you haven't had Boston cream pie, highly recommend that you try it. Uh, it is the trifecta of desserts. It's got it all. And... We laughed, but then thought that's true of a lot of things. When things are perfect, there's often a trifecta going mm. on. Mm -hmm. So, although gonna... I, I got to say I like apple pie, oh, well. but Boston cream pie is pretty awesome. We can't be perfect. <laughs> it's okay. We we all have our differences. So, what, Doctor Nikki? What did we decide was our trifecta of wellness? Well, it's interesting. We were we were looking and saying, well, what would be the foundation? What would be the foundation of what we were trying to work on? We were trying to move away from fixing acute problems and work on bolstering this idea of wellness because it's in our name. And the foundation of wellness for us, the trifecta would be sleep, nutrition, and exercise. And I know that doesn't sound glamorous and sexy and it's not something that might get a lot of press as a cutting edge tool, but we see the effects of not having a healthy trifecta every single day. Wouldn't you say? Yes. So you have to think about this as your three pieces of your foundation. Like you mentioned, it's your house. Your foundation has to be really strong. And once you have that, then you have the ability, the physical and emotional energy to get to do all the other things that you want to do, your social life, your school, your job, your family, the things that make life more special. But if you don't have good sleep, proper nutrition, and 
appropriate amounts of physical activity, it's going to be hard to really do all the other things that you want to do, should do, and to maximize your ability to do those things. Yeah, it's the the three legs of a very sturdy platform um, for the architects in the world or the engineers, perhaps we need a fourth leg. And for that fourth leg, I would say mindfulness and emotional strength. But that's really hard to come by if you don't have the sleep and the nutrition and the exercise piece um, covered. So we're going to spend this first series of podcasts really doing deeper dives into those three areas. We've sort of set up each episode so that we'll give you some background, some sciencey stuff, and then we'll try to give you some very concrete suggestions on how to to use those principles in your daily life. We want you to take what sounds interesting, um, share it, pass it along. This is an educational series. This is not intended to replace your conversation with your healthcare provider or doctor. So before you make specific changes, please consult with that person. They're an important part of this conversation, but we wanted to offer you information. We we figure we see families coming in, they're busy, they're stressed. They don't necessarily have the time to troll the internet and try to parse out the wheat from the chaff, so to speak. We did that. And this way, we've got this covered. You do you. You go out and live your life and get to those aspirational goals that give you joy. Um, We just want to help give you information to get there. What do you think about that? I think we want to make sure that you feel like you're the best parents you can be, that you're the best teenager that you can be. If there's some small piece of this that resonates with you, that's wonderful for us. Yes, that's going to bring us a lot of joy. So we're really excited. That's probably way more about us than you're expecting <laughs> to hear. But, but we wanted you to know a little bit about us before we start this journey. So we'll look forward to catching you on the next episode. And in the meantime, have a, have a good day. Have a good night. Get some joy today.